Welcome to another episode of the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast, commentary, comedy and conversation. On today's episode, we're going to discuss pride, specifically drag and the story hour and the New Zealand Prime Minister, Hippity Hoppity Hipkins, saying that he has no problems with drag queens reading to children. Seems a bit of a strange stance to take, Chris. And in related news, a Christian school in New Zealand is going to shut its doors. It's closing down because it can't go along with the government's new rules, new laws about conversion therapy. In other news, compelled speech. Well, that's becoming more and more common in New Zealand as New Zealand's mega polytechnic tells its academics not to use words like staff or students. And we've got some more geoengineering news. And by the way, did you know that only 7% of pilots are female in New Zealand? Did you know that's a real problem? And it must be fixed. So let's talk about all of those things right now. Alrighty, just a reminder to like, share, subscribe, comment, rate this show and any other good thing you can think of. Maybe send me some long-lasting dry meals. Apparently we should be stocking up on some emergency supplies with all this tension in the air around the world. So if you want to do that, get in touch, feel free. Send me some of, uh, send me some food, is what I'm saying. Okay, right, I'll start briefly with a couple of quick stories just to get them out of the way because we've talked about them quite a lot over the last few episodes. But it's still hilarious to me how... We are slowly seeing the revealing of geoengineering in the world. Now, this is coming out of out of newshub.co.nz, one of our major news shows. It's the 6pm news, basically. US inventor wants to bring cooling clouds to New Zealand, but Kiwi scientists aren't convinced. Well, spoiler alert, Kiwi scientists, it's been happening for a long time. But I'm just a conspiracy theorist, so don't listen to me. Go check it, check it out yourself and watch the skies. Um, but who is this American entrepreneur? Oh, it's it's the uh, the making the Make Sunsets founder, the guy we've heard all about over the last couple of months. Just amazing how this story continues. As I've been saying for over a year, this is how they're going to frame it: geoengineering is going to be the solution to climate change. So here's the start of that story on the news. An American entrepreneur making cooling clouds to counter global warming says he'll be on the first plane to New Zealand if officials let him carry out his controversial experiment here. He says his plan to reflect sunlight back into space is worth the risk to save the planet. But Kiwi scientists aren't convinced. Save the planet. Save the planet with my cooling clouds. Oh, you mean all those geoengineering clouds have been going on for a long time? No, no, not those. We've got... We got new, I mean, those don't exist, sorry. No, no, that, that's a myth. But look, we've, we, we have actually created that myth. That myth is now a reality. We call it a rith, a real myth. Anyway, moving on from that, did you know that only 7%, 7% is devastating, devastating, of pilots are women. And the industry bodies are trying to fix that. Industry bodies. So uh, the industry body, is, uh, is the body a man? Is the man trying to get more females into aeroplanes so men are trying to maybe they're just sick of the boys club maybe they're sick maybe they just are looking for wives maybe we should give them a bit of slack for this article and just be a little bit kinder 
But it does say here, gender stereotypes play a, play a role in career pathways, which experts say is one of the reasons the proportion of women in the, avi- in the aviation industry is still very low. There were 174 female pilots in New Zealand in 2018, according to the 2018 census. The Royal New Zealand Air Force major industry players and prominent air shows are trying to change that with a range of programs aimed at women. And you know, generally, I mean, I don't really have a problem with it. Like if you want to get more females in as an option, but sure, presented to them as an option. It's just bizarre to me as someone who grew up in a time where men, boys, are struggling in school, are struggling with mental health, are struggling with qualifications, particularly university, it's dominated by females. And yet this constant push for female, 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 it's like a little chant, a little woke chant. The distortion of the world is incredible to watch. But like I said, sure, provide it to females, provide it to males as well, and choose the best, most competent people for the roles and for the jobs. I think what's scary when it comes to this is, you know, you're in hospital, you don't care if it's a female or a male doctor. You you want to just get better, have the operation, whatever it is, be safe. When you're flying a plane, you want to get to your destination. I don't think you really care if they're wearing pants or a skirt at the front of the plane. And I know a bunch of you out there are going to be that. That's a sexist comment because women can wear pants too. That's fine, wear pants. I don't, I don't care. Wear pants. My point is, no one cares what's between your legs as long as you're a good pilot. This is just the police thing all over again where there was an imbalance in the police force and we need more females. And that has happened in New Zealand. And I speculate that that's why it's been, there's been a bit of a problem with the police force and particularly the response to the cyclone here with the crime that happened afterwards is that they were so focused and have been so focused on diversity and inclusion instead of actually having the most competent people in the job and actually training the police force to deal with actual crime. And of course we saw the response to New Zealand's jab or medicine protests, the mandates. Hundreds of cops were there for that and yet a region of New Zealand loses its electricity society falls apart because of a massive storm and the police response was well, not that not what we saw at parliament and so this stuff does it, it really riles people up and fair enough i mean listen to this royal new zealand air force squadron leader lisa eve staff says the program was created in 2017 after the air force recognized that it needed more diversity within its ranks so the air force just like american Air Force and the American military talking about diversity. Same thing happening here. I'm sure the same thing is what probably happening in Australia, the UK, the other Western nations. Meanwhile, China ramps up its war machine. We focus on diversity. How scary. Of course, then we get the quote here. It's not just an Air Force issue. It's a whole societal issue. Women in aviation are really underrepresented and not just in the pilot side, but also in the engineering side. Oh, okay. well, we better get female engineers just because we need diversity not the best engineers available and the ones that have come through with the best qualifications, the best training, you know, the highest recommendations. Just madness. This is madness, and we know it's madness. And it says, so the program they're talking about is, it looks like the annual School to Skies camp. This is a stuff article on why, you know, there's only 7% of pilots are female. So the annual School to Skies camp was for year 13 students, bringing together a cohort of 40 young women into its Oakea base in central North Island, to, quote, show them what life in the Air Force could be like, what life in a STEM role really looks like, to try and persuade them, not even necessarily to come up, uh, not even necessarily to come to the Air Force, but to get into these STEM roles. Between 11 and 15% of trainees are women, but there are efforts through training organisations to attract more, more with scholarships and education programmes 
So there you go, men. What's the point? We need to get probably 50-50, right? With at least 50% woman in there. Step aside. Step back. Just let the woman go through. That's kind of the message that's being pushed here. And it's actually, it does remind me of a story when I was a kid. Um, I was massively into basketball. Loved basketball. Played it right through school. And we're at one of the local NBL games. It's the New Zealand's equivalent of the NBA, although nowhere near as big. Small national league. But, you know, some of these players I really, really loved watching and kind of looked on as, you know, who I, what I wanted to do, how I wanted to play as a kid. I, I would have been maybe nine years old when I was watching this game. So kind of obsessed with sport and basketball and things. And this security guard at the game knew my dad. And she said, oh, we can get photos with the, the mascot. I can, can go into the locker rooms, get autographs and meet the players, go onto the court, that kind of thing. And that was all well and good, except she took my sister, not me and my basketball-obsessed friend. She took my sister to do that. My sister, who was just there probably for the food, didn't really care about basketball, my younger sister, who then got autographs to meet the players, to have photos with the mascot, and that kind of thing. And as a kid, that was just kind of a bit of a slap in the face. But it it just mirrors what's going on today. And I just found, looking back, I find it bizarre that you would do that these kids that are absolutely obsessed with basketball and you take the kid that couldn't care less. Do I get a free ice cream out of this? Yes, sure, then I'll go do this. So was this just an excuse to have a bit of a rant at that security officer back in the 90s? Sure, yeah, probably it was. Needed to get it off my chest. All right, but look, I do forgive her. I I hold no grudges against her. I just look back as a child and think, man, what an amazing opportunity that would have been as a kid. And maybe spurred me on, pushed me on into a career in basketball. I don't know, I'm just saying. Could have been a basketball great. A security guard stopped me. That's my excuse. That's what I'm sticking with. All right? Good. Anyway, let's get into some real news. <laughs> and before we get into the real news, I'm just going to have to turn on the air conditioning because it is hot in here. So hopefully that's not too loud. Anyway, into the real news. Actually, I did just want to mention this. There has been a case currently in New Zealand where a man has been sentenced thrown in prison because he attacked and abducted drugged sexually assaulted a girl and i just want to point out this i'm not does this happen in your country because it's happening in new zealand this man he's already in prison for an attack on somebody and then now he's been sentenced after that prison sentence ends he's been sentenced again for this crime so five and a half years in 2024 a wounding charge now with this one he's been sentenced to four years and six months and found guilty of kidnapping, disabling, and or stupefying and doing an indecent act on his victim. So four and a half years after this sentence ends, another four and a half years will be, well, is going to start. And this is what's happening in New Zealand. It says, Judge Brett Crowley opted for the six-year start. Thursby had provided the court with a cultural report on her client, which in the words of the judge described him as having, quote, an extremely difficult, dysfunctional, and again, difficult upbringing. However, any credit that could be applied regarding this was minimal because this guy continued to deny any offending against the girl. And uh, it says at the time he was using methamphetamine, quote, at a very high level. So I don't know if this is happening in your country, but in New Zealand you have a cultural report now where they can go back and look at the accused and how they were raised and what environment they were raised. But I, I just find this incredible. 
it's unbelievable that you can go back and say, well, he had a tough childhood and he's committed this horrendous crime, so we, we can't punish him too harshly. Mind-blowing to me. As adults, do we have responsibilities or not? Because at the moment, it seems to be you're protecting the people that are causing the crime and not actually protecting people that are the innocent victims in the world. That's how I see this playing out. And it's my understanding as well that Labour, the current government of New Zealand, they want lower crime rates. They want to lower crime. So you could say this is how you lie off statistics. Again, lower the crime rates with with statistics. How do you do that? Well, you, you adjust sentencing times. You bring in things like cultural reports. You just don't have people in jail for as long as was as you previously did and then you can bring those stats down and say look crime's down and paint a pretty picture when it's all but a pretty picture and we just got a report saying that that crime and theft is things is up something like 30 35 percent anyway speaking of crime hippity hoppity hipkins what are you doing we had the big gay out which is a pride festival i think it's the first time it's been on in a couple of years because of the lockdowns and so our New Zealand Prime Minister was there. He's on TV, you know, wearing his big shirt with the word gay across it and trans down the side and describing all the, I guess, genders or orientations. I don't know. I wasn't paying that close attention. But he was quoted as saying in one of these articles that he doesn't have any problems with drag queens reading to children. Of course, then stuff.co.nz, this is an article by Sam Brooks, they came out and said, revealed what actually happens during the library's drag story time and well actually the story it says here comes from the team at the spin-off the spin-off.co.nz we all love the spin-off tongue firmly in cheek that says the controversy around drag performers reading to children arrived in auckland last week sam brooks presents the reality behind the controversy now avondale library had to close briefly last week after protesters interrupted a drag performers story time session leading to police intervention the event, a part of Pride Fest out west, involved the acclaimed drag queen, acclaimed, Medulla Oblongata, performing songs and reading stories to children. Can we get the lyrics of those songs, please? Now, I did look up what the Medulla Oblongata does. Apparently, according to Wikipedia, it says, it is a cone-shaped neural mass responsible for automatic functions ranging from vomiting to sneezing. Well, my Medulla Oblongata, or just the Medulla Feels like vomiting. Reading this story. So well done, you've named yourself after a vomiting reflex. Now, it says it follows a string of similar protests in the US, which come amid increasingly aggravated commentary, accusing drag performers of being groomers and equating these events to promoting pedophilia. Just last week, Tennessee became the first state in the United States to write restrictions around drag performances into the law. Oh, that's good. Didn't know that. Good stuff, Tennessee. Daryl Soljan, Soljan, the head of community delivery for North and West Auckland at Auckland Council says drag story times are no different than any other story performances delivered by library staff and guests. Oh, except you've got men dressed up as women in fancy dancy dress. And if you see the videos coming out of America, often hypersexualized, get their asses out shaking around in front of children. And some of these kids are actual babies. I mean, this is not on for any type of entertainment for kids and i'm sure it's extremely confusing for children as well and we know this is disgraceful evil this is wrong and you know in in certain countries i guess if you have hate speech laws calling these drag queens that are reading to children groomers could possibly get you fined or arrested at least a, a knock on the door from some concerned law enforcers in blue 
probably females because diversity. So this guy, he said, quote, an engaging entertainer with excellent storytelling skills, reads fantastic age-appropriate books to children and families. Can we get a list of those books, please? That'd be lovely. The main differences with drag story times are that the books cover topics that specifically promote acceptance, inclusion, and valuing the difference in others. And that the costumes are particularly bright and fabulous. That ex- that's the actual quote. I just put the emphasis on fabulous just to make sure you you understood of course they say here that parents and caregivers tell us that drag story times help their children understand that everyone should be celebrated for being whoever they choose to be even if they might seem different says soldier um how about new and quote interestingly adults seem to see those differences a lot more than young people you mean a you know a man in a skimpy little dress dancing around pretending to be a woman around kids again you've seen those videos coming out of america awful awful stuff now you can so we just have to be accepting of everybody right accepting what if an adult wants to identify as a 12 year old still got a problem with it or what about trans race are we allowed to do that now are we allowed to just identify as is a white person allowed to identify as black or you know chinese i guess anyone can identify as anything unless you're white you probably can't identify as anything you're just a racist now hugo girl what's it's actually spelt g-r-r-r g-r-r-r-l it is three r's hugo girl grill grill girl hugo girl we got the girl the winner of house of drag season one and the co-creator of the hugely successful glitter garden a drag show aimed at children is a veteran of events like drag story time what do you mean a veteran? You've been on the tour, what, for decades? One of the veterans? It's not a golfing tournament. A drag show aimed at children, okay. Uh, quote, he or she, Hugo, them, they. Uh, drag specialises in great, fun, interactive aesthetics to tell stories, he says. Well, they say it's a he, so I guess it's, it is, it's just a he. An address. Quote, it's exaggerated, it's cartoonish, it's perfect for children. Yeah, confuse the kids. Why not? Perfect. Perfect for them. Girl. We'll start one of these sessions by greeting people at the door as a way to break the ice. Quote, I'll wear a head-to-toe suit and some, and some big silly hair, but often that's quite intimidating, he says. Quote, so I'll crouch down and get on the kids' level as they arrive to break the ice and show them that I'm a friendly human being in addition to being an awesome looking human being girl also dresses in as many sequins and sparkles as possible because quote kids love glitter and you're wondering why people are calling people like those groomers to get down on their level to be sparkly and involve the children I'm sorry but what so after that, everybody sits around, parents and children all together, and they sing songs and read books. One of girls' favourite sessions to do is an animal-themed session. Quote, I'll read four to five children's books that are all about animals, because these stories tend to have clear and amazing metaphors for being different. Now, he dismisses the criticisms of drag story time as being inappropriate for children, because drag performers are traditionally seen as performing in a nightclub setting. Yes, adult entertainment. Quote, you imagine an actor, the kind of actors who have done children's plays. Not all the work that actor that actor does will be child-friendly, but they're still an amazing performer, 
and that skill set lends itself to entertaining children, he says. But in addition to that, they do some grown-up plays that would absolutely not be suitable for children. Could this be preparing the way for those children into those adult settings? Or just a bunch of confusion for the kids so they grow up in a muddled state? There's no such thing as men and women, you know, there's, there's a plethora of genders, a spectrum. We can choose whatever we want to be, celebrate our differences, be who you want to be. It's the same thing with drag, right? He says, a lot of the form is not suited to children. And of course, parents should not bring their children to those shows just in the same way they shouldn't bring their kids to R18 movies. Well, we've actually seen, though, some of those shows coming out of the likes of Disney and the the pride and the LGBT stuff getting getting into, into the cartoons. We can see what's going on, Hugo Girl. And then it says here that libraries are, of course, about more than just books. They're community hubs that provide access to information, places of learning, and places to ask for and receive help. They are also, crucially, one of the few remaining places that welcome anybody, regardless of their position in society. Of course, they quote down here saying that, so they want everybody in the library. Everyone's equally welcome, and these events demonstrate clearly, but not forcefully, that queer people belong in the library, whether as staff or as a community. And beyond that, Drag Storytime is also a conversation starter about identity and belonging at a community level. We're honest and open. Corridor, which is talk, because we, we're doing this in New Zealand, just so you know, about gender, about family, about differences can be sparked. Uh, unless unless you're a Christian, I guess, if you come in and start talking about Christianity and God making man and woman and we're made in the image of God. And like that Christian school said in New Zealand that God doesn't make mistakes and then got absolutely dragged through the media for it regarding gender um, i just wonder if, if people like that are welcome in these libraries with their vocal opinions now he also says on the most noticeable level drag storytime is an act of joyful celebration a welcoming rainbow path through the shelves and girl girl sums it up succinctly quote all we're about is teaching kids that it is cool to be different and diverse that's valuable messaging for literally every young human on the planet. Ah, the propaganda. It never ends. Meanwhile, a Christian school in New Zealand is closing because it can't practice, it says here, quote, conversion therapy. And um, just looking through Reddit, because this is, you know, Reddit's a bit of a, a bit of a hellscape, quite frankly. Uh, looking through the comments on Reddit, they're saying things like, no surprises when some of the staff were at the Wellington protests. And had gone had gone against things like the mandates, I guess, for masks and medicines, etc. So this school, if those types of comments are accurate, this school sounds incredibly based, very Christian. Unfortunately, shutting. Because as the media says, one news, it can't practice conversion therapy any longer. And we know why they use the term conversion therapy. It's to make you think of images like uh, lobotomies, uh, electrocution, just a general abuse. And that's why this got pushed in. And I actually received a good comment about this on Instagram. DB said, This bill did the exact opposite of what they told the public. It wasn't about stopping gay conversion. It was about allowing gender conversion without uh, without parents' consent. What's next? No kids in churches? It basically restricts religious freedom in an effort to include and have diversity as long as they approve of the diversity. And... It's a good point. It's, it wasn't about stopping gay conversion. It was about allowing gender conversion. And 
Essentially, this is what the school is going to go on about here. So a Northland Christian school says it's closing its doors after more than 30 years because of legislation that stops them from offering conversion therapy to students. So again, from onenews.co.nz, Kaitaia Abundant Life School says the new law means they can no longer operate under Christian values. Quote, students that may be experiencing unwanted feelings towards the same sex, and this is not a usual thing when we look at the uh, development of people, school spokesperson Ivy Tan said, it's not unusual to be now able to say you are not able to offer support to these students. It's horrendous. By support, she means conversion therapy, an attempt to make someone who is gay straight. The practice was outlawed in New Zealand last year with the UN calling for a global ban on conversion therapy saying it can amount to torture. Just Can we just point out this is a Christian school, by the way? And they're offering that service. I know of Christian schools that have kids that are so confused that they're, they're saying they're trans and they're wearing like boys wearing dresses to school and things like that. Christian schools are going along with it um, because they have to and if they don't they, they probably would get shut down they're incredibly limited in what they can do and basically having to affirm gender choices and affirm all this sort of stuff even in christian schools how is it protecting kids when you're going along with the madness of of this gender propaganda and this article was just that too because it says lgbt persons endure severe pain and long-lasting psychological and physical damage because of so-called conversion therapies oh okay so trans people endure long-lasting and physical damage from so-called conversion therapies do you mean when they try to change their sex and you know have mastectomies and things like that take hormones i mean you've got kids taking hormones before they've hit puberty you're destroying them for life is that the damage you're talking about no 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 it's the people wanting to talk to the kids and seeing what's going on with them they're the ones causing the damage because they're not allowing them to take the the drugs and to have the operations and to pretend that i oh, actually you are the opposite to what you were born it's evil stuff so this is a UN expert on sexual orientation and gender identity, Victor Madrigal Borlots. Anyway, he told the Human Rights Commission in 2020, practices of conversion therapy are rooted in the belief that persons of diverse sexual orientation and gender identity are somehow inferior, either morally, spiritually, or physically because of their orientation or identity, and that they must modify that orientation or identity to remedy that inferiority. You see how they flip it all around. It's just absolute madness. Quote, we've had this in the past, so don't get me wrong, but to say now with conversion therapy, not being able to offer any prayer, any counselling into how to navigate these times, uh, Tan said on the ban, so the school was talking there about the ban. But, you know, the propaganda and confusing these children and this sort of rapid onset gender dysphoria, and they're saying that to talk to them and say, no, no, this is not okay, this is, you know, maybe you've got some problems going on. We should be helping these children. Instead, no, we've just got to go along with what many would call a mental health crisis and confirm their identity and then get into the extreme side of things with the drugs and the operations and that that type of stuff. But to stop that from happening is what's radical, according to the United Nations, talking to the Human Rights Commissioner. Now, Minister of Education Jan Taniti in New Zealand she was unapologetic to the school, saying it's their job to look after the well-being of all students, regardless of sexuality. Quote, there is an expectation, and has been from the word go with all governments, that all schools will do their best to support all their students from all backgrounds, she said. Now that means all of our rainbow kids as well, and I'm thinking that could be part of the issue that they're leaning towards. I make no apology. Yeah, the pure arrogance 
absolute arrogance and maybe you think you're doing right again the people that think they're doing right are often the most dangerous this is just a sign of how far new zealand's fallen in what, a decade i don't remember this being a problem a decade ago and yet here we are christian school shutting down because of it now this school abundant life will continue to operate as a church and help families that are looking at homeschooling so that's really good i mean if you've got your kids in this school uh, lucky you sounds like a great school but i'm very sad that it's closing and predictable with where the government has been going over the last sort of four or five years with all their rainbow policies and inclusiveness but um yeah just another attack on christianity and god now we'll move on from the wacky woke to well the wacky woke all right okay good because new zealand's mega polytechnic which is pronounced tepukinga tepukinga which is a merging of about 16, 17 or so of our polytechnics, our our schools. You think of it where you, you go for training, maybe for becoming a social worker or a cook, maybe, or going into a trade, that type of thing. We had about 16 or so of them around the country. They've now merged. Merge! Because the socialist government has to centralise everything, don't they? That's just part of it. You've got to centralise everything. And that includes education. So we have now a mega polytechnic, and that polytechnic has told academics not to say words like staff, students, or Treaty of Waitangi, which is New Zealand's founding document. So, it says from Stuff again, Lee Kenny, the row over academic freedom at Tupukinga, the country's largest tertiary provider, has rumbled on after it emerged staff have been issued with a list of words they should and should not use. Compelled speech, gotta love it. Gotta love it. The 30-page internal style guide was published in February. It's two months after Peter Winder... Winder? Winder. Peter Winder? Peter Winder. He's winding us up anyway. Peter Winder became chief executive to ensure its, quote, written and verbal communication is uniform. (laughs) Wow. Said every tyrant in the history of everything. And, quote, in line with Tupu Kinga's values and reflects the needs of our priority audiences. I'm sorry, priority audiences? You have a priority audience? Who's that? You want to let us know, Peter? I'd like to know who your priority audiences are. Now, the document was sent to staff after it reported Winder told all staff, including academics, they are public servants and must remain politically neutral ahead of this year's general election. So, under the guidelines, the words student and trainee are discouraged. The preferred terms being akonga, which is student, or learners. So, akonga, Māori, obviously, of course, we're going to be inclusive. So to me, this is all the ESG stuff coming in everywhere. It leaked into government, leaked into business, leaked into education, leaked into absolutely everything. And again, people justifying their jobs because they were mocked like a decade or more ago. Why are you doing a stupid course like that? You're never going to get a job like that. And unfortunately, those positions were created and now have taken over everything and they have to constantly be justified, those positions. So you have to find a fault in everything. We live in a woke world, people. But yes, this is ESG coming in and how these types of places are being run. Now, also the use of employee and staff should be limited unless, quote, in a formal setting or, quote, required by legislation. Quote, we refer to each other as kaimahi, colleagues, work friends, whanau, which is family, or te pukinga people, the document said. Te pukinga people, it's a tongue twister, if anything. Most people wouldn't even know what tupu, barely pronounce it, te pukinga is in this country wouldn't have a clue it's the same with a lot of the ministry names they've gone the ministry names are often referred to in their maori name 
like Waka Kotahi, which is the Ministry of Transport. Most people see these names and have no idea what's going on. I couldn't tell you what the health ministry is called. Anyway, it says here, another guide section refers to teaching staff as, quote, learning facilitators. (laughs) You're not teachers. You're not teachers anymore. You are learning facilitators. You got that, Daryl? You are a learning facilitator. Do not call yourself teacher. Can I be Mr. Daryl? No, no. You are a learning facilitator. You're learning facilitator 2C. Just do that. Make it really, you know, just neutral on everything. You don't even have a name anymore. You're just a number. Maybe we can stamp it on their hands or something so they can remember it. And you just have like a number stamped on your hand so you know who the learning facilitator is. That might be a good idea. I wonder if anyone's ever done that before in, in history. Maybe in recent... I don't think anyone's done it in recent history, have they? So staff were told they should not refer to the organisation as a mega polytechnic or say merge. Merge! Even though those terms describe how it was formed. We always refer to ourselves as Tepukinga. This is such propaganda. We are not the We Kill Cats party. We are the We Love Dogs party. But do you guys kill cats so there can be more dogs? Don't, don't, don't worry about that. We are the We Love Dogs party. I mean, this is what you're getting. This is what always happens. Don't don't even talk about the merge. Merge! The me- mega polytechnic that we've centralised education. Don't talk about that. How much power we have in this sector of education. No, no, no. Just we always refer to ourselves, okay, as Tepukinga. And make sure that people know the name Tepukinga. And that it's just ingrained in people's heads constantly. Now, the guide discourages gendered language. For example, quote, we also use spouse or partner, not husband or wife. Quote, man-made is out with alternative options including machine-made, artificial or synthetic. The document also includes a section headed words and acronyms we don't use. Amongst them are, quote, it's early days. Brackets, quote, those were earlier. We're in the here and now and Treaty of Waitangi. We use Tetariti or Waitangi or or Tetariti, staff were told. However, Treaty of Waitangi is new. So they're basically saying you can't use, they're saying don't use the term or the the phrase Treaty of Waitangi, even though it's used by numerous government departments anyway. Now, Winder responding to questions said the document was, quote, a reference and resource to all kaimahi on our intranet. I don't even know what intranet was, and I'm just assuming intranet is an internal system for a big organisation, and it basically an internal internet. Never even heard that phrase. But he said there have been no complaints, he said, adding, comments we have had from staff have been positive. Maybe that's because this has been leaked to the media. Clearly, clearly, there are complaints quietly behind the scenes. Maybe people are scared to come out and push back on this. It doesn't sound like a, a fun organisation to work for. Now, quote, many organisations, including tertiary organisations, provide style guides to their teams as a standard resource. It's a guide. It's not monitored. The legislation we were created under, the Education and Training Act 2020, requires us to give effect to Te Tiriti or Waitangi, and this is therefore reflected in our style guide. It is not a policy, and our people will continue to express themselves in any way they are most comfortable with. Um, then it goes on, there's a bunch of people that... Uh, pushing back on it and say this has gone too far so clearly there are complaints uh, Peter but you know it says this isn't a policy but how are these sort of things enforced by everybody around you well actually you haven't used the correct pronouns in your email and we'll be calling you up uh, to the boss and you're going to have to answer for your actions or inactions really Uh, that's how these things are 
enforced. This is what we saw during lockdowns, how the mask mandates were, were enforced was peer pressure. And that seems to be what's going on here. So compelled speech in New Zealand's largest, well, mega polytechnic is what we're calling it, even though they don't want us to call it mega polytechnic. Well, their internal systems, they wouldn't use that name, but the rest of the rest of the country, it's, a, it's the mega polytechnic. Sounds like compelled speech. And a lot of wokeness, a lot of ESG stuff. Not good, but good to see that somebody came out and leaked this to the media. That's um, certainly part of the pushback. But I think we can probably guess that there's a lot of people that don't want to lose their jobs by speaking up internally. And while that's understandable, that's, again, what we saw during lockdowns with people not speaking up and saying, actually, I don't want this medicine. Uh, People just went along with it because they just had to do the right thing for the country or they didn't want to lose their jobs, didn't want to lose their comfortable lifestyles, that type of thing. It has to be a point where, you know, we have to be brave and actually stand up to things like this, compelled speech, for example. And surprisingly enough, like if you go into the comments section of this stuff article, it's glad, it, it's good to see the amount of people actually pushing back on it in the comment section. No one seems to be agreeing with it. And there's quite a few comments. So that is heartening to see, even though, I mean, stuff is, well, most of New Zealand media is very liberal, very left-wing. The mainstream media, pretty much all of the mainstream media is. And so going to the comment section and seeing people that read these media outlets pushing back on it, pushing back on what's happening, it's, that's good. But even this article, I mean, to be fair to stuff, it does seem fairly critical of Te Pukenga. Credit where credit's due. Stuff reported it in a way that is not seemingly supporting it. So well done, stuff. Anyway... Going to leave it there. A bit of a longer episode as I was away for about a week. Uh, as I haven't, haven't recorded one for about a week because I was quite unwell for a few days. But we'll leave it there for today. Now, thanks for listening to another episode of the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast. Just a reminder, like, share, subscribe, comment, rate, all of those sort of good things. And remember, send me that long-lasting food. We need to start stopping up here, people. So I'll be waiting for that, and I will talk to you again in the next episode. Wow, 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 wow,